ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Above the Bar podcast, where each week we belly up to the bar with a new guest, find out what they do, who they are, and what makes them great. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the Above the Bar podcast. It's your host, Sean. It is a post Fourth of July Wednesday. One one day past it. I I got one for you before I even get too far. If you can tell me what the significance of tomorrow is in my life, um, I I don't know. I'll give you something. But if you can uh, if you can tell me the significance of tomorrow, I will definitely give you something. I don't know uh, who who would be able to do that. I don't I don't know if any of you would be able to do that. But it would be interesting if somebody could tell me. Uh, the significance of tomorrow in my life, but it is not tomorrow. It is today. And with today being today, there is nothing better than an opportunity to change, grow, become a new person, all those, those kind of things that could possibly happen in our life. And to do such a thing, why not bring a man who is a transformation agent, who is positive incarnate without being annoying, who has um, he's very blue today, though. I don't I, he says he's not a Tar Heel fan, but I'm not buying into it. We have brought in today one of my friends and someone who has become a mentor to me even and, and brought in new ideas into this melon. We have with the, and he spells we have to talk about how he's he says he spells it right. I think he spells it wrong. But today with us, we got with us Mr. Patrick Donahue. Hey. Hi, Patrick. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Sean Murphy. How you like? I mean, not bad. You know? What's up, man? How are you there, good sir? I'm doing great, buddy. Thanks for having me. I I, I try. I, you know, I, I try to do all these things. So, so today, folks, if you're joining Patrick and I, we are talking about entrepreneurship, owning a business, starting your own business, what that takes uh, to do such a thing. Got to get me. Uh, I say I've learned quick. You got to make changes to see tomorrow. You know what? That's absolutely true, Nathan. My buddy Nathan's hanging out with us. Nathan's lost another person. He's down like 160 some pounds, I think, last time we talked. So he's lost a whole nother human. So he understands exactly what that means. So we're going to be talking about entrepreneurship. How do you get into it? Anything that takes to to own your own business and really changing that mindset of being an employee. We've all kind of been trained since since school. You listen to the person at the front of the room. They tell you what to do. Then you go and do it, and they reward you with a gold sticker or when you get out into the workforce with a paycheck that they feel is equivalent to the effort that you put in. Sound about right? Yep. So we're going to talk about how we can change that. But before we get into changing all that, let's get some house cleaning done. Over my right shoulder, if you're watching the live right now, we got the big board for sticker and a cause. If you got something you believe in, something you support, whether it be maybe you have your own business and you've made stickers for it, you're a small business owner or you're a big business owner. You've got something that you want others to know about. You got your own podcast. You can reach out to me on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, TikTok, Instagram. It's all the above the bar podcast. Let me know what you got going on. I'll tell you where to send this sticker to. You send me a sticker. I'll read about you live here on the air. Let everybody know what you got going on. Let everybody know what's, what's happening with you. Now, Talking about entrepreneurial opportunities, we've got our sponsors. 
Are you passionate about protecting the environment? Do you believe in making sustainable choices for your home? Well, look no further than budget blinds. Did you? I, I don't even know if you know this, Patrick, because we've talked about budget blinds before in the past. Did you know that they have two different manufacturers, Norman Windows and Spring, that for their wood blinds and shutters, they have their own forest. They use the material that's left over from it in furnaces to power their plants. Did you know about that? No, I had no idea. So they're a green company. They work with other green companies. They want you to uh, to think this way because, hey, look, folks, they want to want you to turn your house into a home. And this is some of the no, Nathan, none of the blinds are haunted. Nobody's got haunted blinds. And if they were haunted, they would be sheer and they would be drapery so they could flow in the wind. Uh, so that's you got to think about this, Nate. So, look, reach out to your local budget blinds. And if you're you're in the capital region, whether you're in. Hudson, Cooksaki, New York, East Greenbush, around those areas. If you reach out to any one of those budget blinds and let them know that you're there to belly up to the bar, they're going to give you 25% off of your entire order. They're running it right now, a 4th of July sale, 25% off entire orders. So reach out to them and let them know that you're there. You know They, they know the importance of working with people that care about the environment, that want to see the environment. They even sell a uh, a shade uh, i guess a, a shade or a blind whatever however you like to word it called a honeycomb or a cellular that goes in your window and it's actually energy efficient it actually if you didn't have the money to spend on some of these windows that are out there four or five six hundred dollars just to replace one window you can reach out to them they can put blinds in your window they're going to insulate your your window especially in the northeast where we have these silly winters and they're going to help take care of you or they even actually do window tinting. That's a whole nother thing we can talk about. So again, reach out to Budget Blinds, East Greenbush, Hudson, Kasaki. They're our sponsor. They'll, they'll take care of you. Let them know you're there to belly up to the bar, and they're going to give you a 25% discount off your entire order. All right, house cleaning is done. How's Pennsylvania there, Patrick? Oh, man, it is rocking and rolling. It's hot out there. We got uh, Wawa America Party yesterday rocking out, and uh, – yeah, man, there's always something going on down here. I miss Wawa. Can we? What's your What's your go to Wawa sub? Oh, the Italian man, you gotta have the Italian. You do the Italian. So no, I am. Uh, you ready? You ready? Tuna with bacon, provolone cheese, banana peppers, and the spicy uh, buffalo spread. That sounds pretty good. Toasted. Toasted has to be toasted. Yeah, I mean the only thing you can't have. Is a cheesesteak because you got to go to a real place to get a cheesesteak. Yeah. Well, I'm all, you know what, out of Philly, and I have my answer to this. Steve's for me, man. So, and, and, and the, you said Steve's. Mine used to be Ray's up in, in Lansdale. And I firmly believe this about cheesesteaks in Philly are like crab cakes or pit beef in Baltimore. If you want to know where the best one is, ask somebody where, what neighborhood they live in. It That's is right. very neighborhood related. Yeah, it is. Because because your neighborhood guy, uh, look, Nathan, I did not like my stomach. I beat the hell out of it. it all foods go in. But uh, but it's really is a neighborhood related thing in Philly. Like I used to I like uh, what the heck's his name? Um, oh, God, he does the broccoli Rob cheesesteaks. He kind of came up in the last decade or so out of nowhere. Um He's got. He's even have one of his places inside the airport in Philly. I can't think of his name right now. 
uh, it's not, and I've, you know, I've never had Pat and Gino's. Never. Uh, Tony, Tony Luke's, Tony Luke's. I like Tony Luke's. Yeah, Tony Luke's is great. But I've never had Pat and Gino's either. And you're from there. Mm-hmm. I don't know any real people from Philadelphia that have Pat and Gino's. I mean, I'm, you might go to take someone down there. That's about it, right? It's a touristy thing. Yeah, it's fun. It, it's like going to the Inner Harbor in Baltimore. Like, oh, you're coming to Baltimore for the first time? Let me take you to the Inner Harbor. And then we're never coming back here again. <laughs> That's right. There's nothing there, by the way, besides Pat and Gino's. So. Right. Yeah, like they're too, It's a corner and then get it and hurry up and leave. That's everything I've heard. If you really want to have fun... If you want to have fun in Philadelphia, take your friends to K&A. Take them to Kensington and Allegheny and leave them. If they make it back, they're real people. Oh, no, that's all turned around now. It's beautiful. It's all townhouses. Well, in Kensington, I'm about to say, what? People, I, are moving, people are moving down there telling me, dude, you got to invest down here. This is going to be the next, you know. I would believe that. Yeah. I, I would believe yeah, it's that. It's coming back. But I'll tell you a funny Kensington and Allegheny story. So there used to be a Marine Corps recruiting office on Kensington and Allegheny. And I had buddies that worked at office. They used to tell me that the fl- that there was a set of steps that went to the basement there, but the basement was a dirt floor in Philadelphia. So there was no actual basement. So one day the district CO showed up and wanted to tour the station because they were trying to get out of there and he didn't want to let them leave. So one of the recruiters, I can't think of his name, walked around picking up crack vials out of the out of the street and placing it on the bumper of the colonel's car and just leaving them there, trying to get him to get his mindset right. And there was actually there was another one. We used to get lists from high schools back in the day, and they would like give them to us and you had to type them out. The guy who was there at the time as the station commander entrepreneurial he was very entrepreneurial he would go to the ladies of the night that would walk the streets and he would tell them look if you're willing to do this for money you're willing to type a list for me for money and he would pay them to type his list for him cool yeah you know philly gets a gets a good rap for its violence but the neighbor the endless neighborhood society hill old city the boathouse row Spring yeah. Garden area, the Museum Mile, the 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 uh, old town, the hotels. I mean, uh, Rittenhouse Square. There's so many great neighborhoods. They don't connect well, which is why Philly has violence. But if you're just in one neighborhood, there's probably 25 things to do in each one of those, which is unbelievable. When I watched like Monday Night Football and they go to Pat and Gino's and they don't show any of the other stuff from Philly, I'm like, this isn't helping because <laughs> that's not where you want to go, man. You want to go live life, culture, music, art, people, like. The murals, right? Every other building has a seven-story, ten-story mural on the side of it that's like bringing that neighborhood to life. It's so cool. I'm chicky. I'm and I'm chicky and Pete's before I'm Pat and Gino's. Yeah, chicken Pete's is great, man. Crab fries, gotta love them. Yeah, so and they're great. They're great at teaching people how to be kind. Like it, they want you to feel at home. They want you to be above the bar, right? They want you to come in and be warm and fuzzy and connect. I I, I am definitely. Philly was was a good place for me when I I lived there. I I did well and uh, never can't can't say a bad. I can't say even though I'm talking about things that went on down there, none of them are bad things. Like what's the pizza place? The the famous uh, Lorenzo's. Yeah. You know, Lorenzo's pizza. If you want to have fun in the middle of the night, go get a slice of Lorenzo's where 
all the way around the pizza parlor are signs that say, don't ask for toppings. <laughs> don't ask for the toppings. So, but that's not what we're here to talk about. But, you know, you could say we're talking about because it's entrepreneurial. Philly is a entrepreneurial city. If you really think about it in a sense of our founding father said, hey, we're not going to follow the rules of the people that are, are running the show right now. We're going to set our own rules. We're going to set our own path. We're going to set our own thing. And that's what we're here to talk about is so many of us. And I truly believe this. We were talking about this before him, uh, Patrick and I, that we've been trained since the first day of school. You sit in the classroom, you listen to the person that's in front of you. They tell you what to do. They give you a gold star and you move on. This conversation today is about being better than that and finding your path. If you don't want to find your path, this probably isn't the show today for you. But Patrick is is here to help you find your path. He helped me. He helped, I, I'll be the first to admit it. He helped me figure out where I wanted to be. So I'm going to let Patrick talk about Patrick, you, you're a franchise broker and a franchise E, correct? Yeah, so I'm a consultant and I own businesses. So a, a broker is someone who works on behalf of the seller. I work on the behalf of buyers. So people come to me and I take them through a process to figure out what they're best suited for and then help them manage their fear. Just like you said, you know, everybody's been getting information. And my job is to repack your lunchbox, throw some old ideas out and put some new ideas in. And in order to do that, you know, it takes a while to acclimate yourself to a new way of thinking. And the number one um, thing I tell people is it's not about IQ. It's about AQ to start acquisitional intelligence, being willing to learn something new. Now, what for yourself, what got you into? Well, what let me ask this. Let me roll myself back for a second. What came first for you in your chicken and the egg story? Was it owning your own businesses or getting into working for people to help them find franchises? What came first? Uh, so I was I was uh, living. I grew up in New York. My wife's from Philly and we moved down here to help out with her family. There was some stuff going on down here and I could get a job anywhere. I was in sales and I decided to go work for a company here locally in Philly. And it happened to be a franchise company and nothing about franchising. And I was there to build a national account department and the founder really just enjoyed my company. So he kept putting me in new position, new challenges. And I, I got to learn everything about franchising from a guy who's in the hall of fame for franchising. And then after he passed away, uh, different ownership had a different feeling. And one of the things that I just no longer enjoyed about my life was I didn't have agency. You know, you, you ever hear that word? Agency? What do you mean by that? So, so agency is controlling your time, your destiny, your money, all of it, right? So let's take money. You know, Independence Day, by the way, thank you for your service, Sean. And here in Philly, you're constantly reminded where to get started. And all these aristocrats who essentially had a pretty good life under British rule risked everything for us, right? All those guys had money. The guys, all the guys who signed the Declaration of Independence, but they knew that they were taking too much of our money. Well, think about corporate America and how much money they take. For every dollar you make a company, you get a dime and they get a dollar. Now, they don't get a dollar in cash. They get a dime like you get a dime because it gets divvied up, right? But they own the equity. And this is where you got to repack your lunchbox to say, I got income from my business, but I also own the equity. I own an asset I can sell. And I know with what you're doing, there's a lot of equity to be built every day. So, Sean, as you're thinking, what's the value of my business? At the end of the year, I make this many dollars, 
and then my equity is worth a multiple of that. That's how you get to own the dollar versus the dime. And, you know, we are just always told, hey, get a good, get a good, go to school, get a good degree, get a job, work for someone else, because that's less risky. But the penalty is, it's just like the same thing we, our forefathers went through. You know, you're losing the majority of the wealth building by building someone else's fortune. And it's it's funny you say that that was actually my biggest eye opener was I helped a company build a location that they couldn't do on their own. They had tried it once before. They failed at it. I did it. And in a year and a half, one point five million dollars that they did in sales, in, in gross in gross sales out of this area. And I looked back at it and I went, I didn't see I saw personally less than 10 percent of that. And thought that I can't do that. I can't do that. That doesn't make any sense to me. And it was sales. It was sales related. That's what, what drove me. So as people are approaching the, this mindset, and I think every day we all go into, you know, if we're doing the 95, nine to five grind at some point in our day, we think I can do it better. I know more than that guy does. But what I think a lot of folks miss is do you do you really know better what are some of the things that you would say to somebody if they're starting this journey they're they're getting ready to take off with that first 30 inch step into this realm what are some of the things that mindset wise life wise that you would advise someone either to or not to do this yeah so no matter how good or bad the business there's always going to be a rationalization as to why not to do it I've got, you know, an uncle who's a postman every Christmas. He's like, you know, 80% of businesses fail. And I'm like, you're right. They do. So I've got to be careful about that. And I've got to have a good plan. I've got to learn how to build it up. Right. So there's a lot of rationalizations we go through and we've got to understand that this is a process. There's going to be good information. There's going to be tough information to deal with. And then we've got to know, do I have the answers and the capabilities to conquer this? And it was Harriet Tubman. She said, um, your success begins at the end of your comfort zone. And so you've got to get uncomfortable if you want to have any kind of legacy. And think about all the people that come before us. They're amazing. They're amazing because they walked away from something easy to do something hard. So hard decision, great life. Easy decision, hard life. And, you know, the first two years of entrepreneurship, I mean, you're doing great already, but, you know, it's going to be the hardest two years. So. Imagine if this is the hardest it's going to be and the eight years after this are going to get better, 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 better. If you can give up two years of work as hard as you can to set up the rest of your life, right. to have an income stream, equity, control of your time, time with your family, you know, do things like I do where I can join volunteer boards or coach or be with my kids. Like that's why I did it. I had given up all this time in my job with my family and I came home making good money to a family I hardly knew. And I wanted to be with them. And I knew my why. So I tell everybody, work on your why first. Because if your why is not compelling, then your comfort will be. Because it's too easy to step back and be like, hey, I don't want to risk this because, you know, I, I could lose money. I could lose time. I could I go backwards. I, you know, I'm leaving a good job, whatever. If the why is not big enough, like for me, it was, I'll work as hard as I can for two years so that I can see every event for my kids. And that was, you know, it's funny. I'm glad you, you said that about 
is your why big enough? Because I was about to say, is there a point where people's why isn't really a good why? And what I mean by that is the person's like, I just want more more of my time. Then don't start a business. That's what I would tell you. What's that saying? Uh, own your own business so you can pick the 70 hours a week you work. <laughs> well, Sean, I work 20 hours a week. And uh, my goal is for everyone after 10 years of owning their business to work 20 hours a week. I work because I enjoy it. I really do. I, I love doing what I do. I love helping There's people. no way that you work. 20. Brother, you're always on. Yeah, 20 hours a week, man. That's all I work. Yeah. Now, I mean, now hold on. Let's define work to you. How are you defining work? Because I know me personally. If I sent you a message and I said, hey, Patrick, I need to talk to you, you would find the time and you would set the time aside to talk to me. I have yeah. no doubt in my mind about that. Yeah. So I typically don't take I don't have office hours outside of 10 to four. And then I go to the gym in the middle of that. So my goal is to work four hours. Now, if if I have a, someone text me at eight o'clock in the morning and they need 15 minutes of my time, what a blessing. So, Sean, you, you might remember this. First thing I say to everybody I'm a two-time cancer survivor. I wake up every day more happy than the average person that I'm alive because I feel so excited that I have another day. And then all I hope for is to be on someone's journey to help one person unlock their potential. So if someone pings me at seven in the morning and I see that, I'm going to get on the phone. I'm going to call them because it's an honor, right? That they, they're like, I'm going to you, Patrick, you know? We've never spent any time at a bar, the two of us, right? No, this is as close as it's been. But we know our families. We know our friends. We know our history. I know where you lived. I know, you know, you know my story. So to be on that with somebody who's, you know, could be halfway across the country. I mean, in the last month, right, I'm closing businesses in Ohio and California and Florida and North Carolina. Never met them face to face. But building that trust, I need you. I ping you at seven o'clock. I'll give you fifteen minutes any day. See, that's and that's you know part. Of, you know, hold on. You get one of those for that. You get one of these, baby. We'll sip a blue. Has, salut. Salut. And folks, he's not drinking bullshit. He's he's got a that Johnny Walker blue bottle. I mean, that's a. That's a serious bottle, that Johnny Walker Blue. I only break it out for very special occasions. Christmas. And ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Sean Murphy. Above the bar. We got all the sound effects over here. I just want you to know that. I got it all. Whatever you need. But, you know, so moving forward with this, this journey, though, you know, getting people on that journey, getting them on that path. I know what I saw as my pitfalls. When I got on this journey and for me, I think I was lucky. I wasn't so concerned about leading myself because I thought that was the first person I needed to leave to lead. I wasn't worried about leading myself. I wasn't worried if I had employees leading employees. I know for me, my concern was more nuanced business things. I just had to learn. I just, it was stuff I didn't do. You know, I, I hadn't done before, but what are some of, those those things that and we're going to this is going to be two parts what are the things that people should see in themselves to say yeah you've got this you can do this you just don't realize that you've got it right. and what are the things that 
maybe you would say if somebody comes to you and says, hey, this is what I'm looking to do. And you do a great job with the whole questionnaires and all that, that maybe you say, maybe this isn't for you. What are those two elements right there? And not necessarily specific things, but elements. No. So what, what I tell people is business is a triangle because I want them to visualize where am I now and where do I need to be? So in that triangle, you've got financial success at the top of it and financial administration. On the bottom right, you've got business development, every bit of your relationship with your customer, sales, marketing, PR. On the bottom left, you have operational excellence, performing well for the customer. And in the middle is the leadership. It could be a manager, it could be an owner, et cetera. So I ask people, plot yourself on that triangle. Think about where you are. Have you been heavy ops? Have you been heavy uh, customer service or sales? Have you been heavy finance? And then imagine what you're missing to pull yourself in the middle of that triangle. Because if I'm really focused on making money, like private equity, I'm just going to make money, make money, make money, company goes out of business. If I'm super focused on sales, I'm going to sell a lot of stuff, can't produce it. If I produce too much stuff and I can't sell it, I'm in trouble. So I have to have a balance. And a triangle is all about triangulating the balance and pulling it up from the middle. So if you don't know how to get to the middle because I'm weak at finance or I'm weak at sales or I'm weak at whatever, then you need to find a system that's going to help you with those weaknesses. So I ask people where they are, plot themselves, and let's talk about how to get them in the middle so they can make this happen. And if they can't, because they just don't have the skill set to surrender or bring people on to help them, well, then they know, right? They're not meant to be in business. They're meant to be a W-2. You said that word surrender. That was something you said to me. Can you talk about that a little bit more? Yeah, I think a lot of us want to, you know, we see entrepreneurs and we think they're all doing it themselves, but they're not. Their total collaboration and their commitment is to their team. They live in service to others. They either live in service to their customer or their employees or both, hopefully. And so you've got to surrender that. A, it's not, everything is not your responsibility. And B, you got to surrender to your weakness and get help where you can't do things yourself. And if you plug into that, that collaborative effect is like, um, you know, when you go on a trampoline and you're bouncing and then someone else gets on, what happens? The double bounce. Yeah, you can lose you can lose your balance. Well, you can go twice as high. Though, right? If you do it, if you work together, if you work together. So if I start doing double bounces, right, I can accelerate. So accept that other people are there to double bounce you higher. And that's really where entrepreneurs are much more successful. In truth, we're a small part of the population. Only 5% of people own their own business in the United States. And so when you meet other entrepreneurs, they're always vested in sharing ideas and making you better and double bouncing. you. And that's a cool club to be in. Well, you talk about that 5%. Some of the statistics, um, I learned this recently, for entrepreneurial businesses in this country haven't changed since the 50s. And it's it, and correct me on the numbers, Patrick, because you're way better at this than I am. But it's something like ninety percent don't make it after five years, or some crazy number like that. What what's the actual number? Yeah, so I've heard eighty percent after five or eighty percent after ten. But truth be told, it's eighty percent. And there's certain industries that just get rocked. Restaurants get rocked. Oh, Doing yeah. what I do, like being a solo entrepreneur with no employees, eighty-eight percent failure rate, tremendous, off the chart. So. You know, really where you'll see people is in businesses like yours, right? A home-based business where you've got low CapEx, most of your expense goes into marketing and activity and pleasing your customers. And that just grows like it just, you know, spreads because of the referrals. 
that's the best way to succeed in my mind. Um, so how do we keep, and we we've had Ray, some Ray Gagnon on here. Ray's a great guy. He, he wants to work with people to help break that, that 80% cycle. Um, we've had my, my good friend, Vinny Roman, who introduced us. Vinny is the, Vinny is the entrepreneur, like spearhead to me. Like if you could keep up with the guy, he's amazing. You gotta be, but that you gotta be able to keep up with that guy. Yeah. That's a whole nother animal. And I think that's part of some of this kind of sidebar thought here for a minute. I believe you find a mentor you can keep up with. Don't, you know, like Vinny is great. I reach out to Vinny and I say, Hey, this is my idea. This is what I'm trying to do. What should I do? And Vinny will be like, and I, I've got to grab like every third word. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I can do that. Master guns, Gagnon. Hey, I've got this idea. He wants to teach me all the nuances of it, which is still good. But what are some of the, how do you pick? Cause I think you have to have a mentor in this. You've mentored me in this, Patrick. I, I'll admit to it. Now, like I, I couldn't be where I'm at today moving forward if not for meeting each other and, and going into this. But what are some of the like we, we talked about how, you know, you've got to have these folks in your corner. We, we've got to work with others to be a mentor. What are some of the people that you would say these are the people that you need in your corner when you're going forward in a process like this? Yeah. So. I have a personal board of directors. There's 10 people on there. I, they have their own titles. They all have different roles for me. And I'll get into that in a minute. But think about when you're inviting someone like Vinnie Roman to the party and, you know, think of a bird that's flying over a cornfield, right? Looking over a cornfield. Is he worried about getting over a fence? No. He's flying so high. He's not worried about getting over a fence. So what a lot of us do is we're on the ground, right? We're on the ground floor trying to get over that fence. We're getting over a, a little bit of adversity and we're afraid to be vulnerable, especially with dudes, man. It's, it's really hard to coach mm -hmm. people past that, but that guy is living a life of abundance. He's so high up that for him to give you a couple of good ideas and loosen, you know, loosen it up for you. So you could, you know, get over that fence. Um, it's just a matter of being vulnerable and allowing someone to come in. So I have 10 different people on my board of directors. I've got my wife who's just, Man, she's my number one advocate, my number one fan. I got my mom who I can't do anything wrong. Like I really am a mama's boy where like, you know, my mom laughs at all my jokes. She thinks I'm the funniest person alive. Great. I got my oldest friend, Jimmy, who's like my buddy from high school who like calls me out all the time, you know, and he's really, he just, he knows me. He's, this guy's got the highest EQ of anyone I've ever met. And he knows me better than I know myself. He knows what I'm giving off and when I'm on or when I'm off. I got my other friend, Sean, from college, who's like my soulmate. He's like my brother. I've got um, th this woman who works at Franchise as well, who's just number one in our game. And she just gets everything right. And so I emulate her. So I have all these different people and I stay connected to them. And I don't just stay connected to them and say, I need your help. Right. I reach out to them. I tell them when they're doing something great. I live with a life of gratitude. Right. So if you live in gratitude every day, you tell somebody why you appreciate them. Right. You send them a note, send them a card, reach out to them. So you're investing. It's called the trust bank. I make investments in you. I contribute to your success. I let you know how important you are to me. And then when something comes up and I need that bird above the cornfield, I'm going to call you. And 
they welcome it because they know it's true. They know it's genuine. They know I'm going to follow it and I'm going to follow up. But it's really hard for people to accept that. And if there's one thing, you know, I leave everybody, it's really think about that personal board of directors. Now, sometimes it's hard to put people on a board of directors when you're buying a business if they don't own a business. So they might not be encouraging, but they're going to point out some of the things that are really important. Some of them are going to be not a big deal and some are, right? But they're going to be more cynical because they don't know, just like you don't know. And then you go back to people who know. And you're like, is this a thing, Vinny? Should I be worried about this? Like, what's the lead generation strategy? What's the close rate? What's the average ticket? Blah, 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 blah. And he'll put it all together for you so that you can get through it. And so what a lot of people do is they hear something bad and they're like, ah, I'm derailed. I can't do it. This, right. is, this is a deal breaker. And I'm like, no, that's not the answer. Someone else did it. I can do it. I mean, that's just that's just behavioral intelligence. That's like, you know, I'm going to I can do what someone else did. If they've done it well, I just got to follow in their footsteps. You, that is such a thing. And it actually kind of makes me think about this. So what is some of the strategies in that entrepreneurial piece? So we've talked about having our board of directors, having the mindset to owning your own business. But I think, and I, and I really truly believe this because this was a fear for me is the money. How do I finance this? How do I walk away from a job that it's funny? You, you say you work 20 hours a week. You probably work more than the average person actually truly does at their job that they get paid nine to five, <laughs> you know, because they, they've got their cell phone. They've got to check Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, you know, everything else under the sun to see what's going on. You're probably working more than they are at 20 hours. And they get paid for 40 of them. So from a finance standpoint, and I think this is the first excuse most people have when you, if I told someone like, Hey, and I think that when I was looking at, at, at businesses before you and I got to talking, the lowest buy-in I saw was 30 K. That was the lowest. And that wasn't counting the equity that they expected. Like the, like the buying the territory side to it was 30 K. Most people don't have 30K sitting around. So I think that's most people, that's their number one excuse. Real or not, it's their number one excuse. How do we take these things out of the equation to see if it's real? Yeah, great question. So first of all, you're in the military. So the government wants to loan you money because we really appreciate your service. And it's it's a good bet, Sean. What happens if you don't follow a process in the military? Um, well, you don't become a gunnery sergeant. I can tell you that much. Um, well, actually, I'll take it back. You become a gunnery sergeant. You don't become a master sergeant. <laughs> people, people could die, though, right? If you don't yeah, follow a process, die. people yeah, die. There's, there's so, a process for everything. So I deal with a lot of military people, and I'm like, listen, this is going to get hard because you got to do this, and then this is going to happen, and then you got to debrief and do it again. And they're like, yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> I follow a process. Um and so, so there are loans out there. There's, uh, there's ways to borrow money. So most people have money in their home and their 401k. And so you can get a home equity loan. And so let's say your home is worth $300,000 and you've got, you know, $100,000 in the home. You could borrow a percentage of that to start a business. Um, for me and buying my businesses, I like using my 401k because I have money in the stock market. 
and I can't do much with my 401k. But I would rather own, if I'm really going to bet on myself, I'd rather own stock in me and Amen. my business than own stock in Apple. I, Apple's amazing. It's got me, you know, my kids go to college and probably because of Apple, right? But the return I get on myself and my businesses is way beyond what I get from Apple. So if the average stock return is whatever, seven or eight percent over 100 years, right. um, obviously you can do better or worse than that. But in your business, if I want to invest and I want to put a chunk of money in, I want to get you know, a dollar in for a dollar out. So if I put a hundred thousand dollars in, I want to get to the point where that hundred thousand makes me a hundred thousand. That would be my goal. And is that possible? Can you make a hundred thousand from your business? If you put a hundred thousand in, you could. So, so the hard part is repacking your lunchbox. Go back to that philosophy. I love that terminology. I love that. Thank you. You're told from the time you're a kid, I want time you get out of college, put money in your 401k. Great idea, right? Pre-tax money, it goes in, there's match, right? But when you don't have a job anymore and you've got that money sitting there, think about how much more valuable those dollars are. Not only did you contribute, not only did it not get taxed, but chances are your company contributed to it also. Now take money you earned. It got taxed and now it's in your savings account. So that money is really thinned out already, right? Whereas this 401k money never been taxed before. And if I can use that, and roll it over with no taxes and no penalty to own stock in my business. I own my 401k, my 401k owns stock in my business, and I'm able to go put those assets to work. So most people don't realize they can do that. Most accountants don't. Like I, I, I talk to my accountant and other accountants, and I get people's accountants on the board all the time, phone all the time, and they're like, they're like, you can't do that. You're gonna get penalty. I'm like, listen, man, you're an accountant. And I don't know what you don't know about your job, but you don't know that. <laughs> it's I I know an owner in my in another franchiser in my business that that's what he did. He took a loan against his four hundred one k. It's a it's not it's not a loan. I don't, I don't want to. It's a specific name. I, I I'm it's using a, it's a rollover. So Thanks. I'm going to buy stock in Apple. I'm going to take some of my Apple stock and put it into Patrick Donahue Inc. So I own stock in my 401k of this company that I'm starting. It's the same thing. Right. And then I, I knew I was getting the terminology wrong, but but he, that's what this guy did is he just used that money to to purchase the territory. And he's doing very, very well. He's down around Austin, New York. Um, but he did the same exact thing. So it's it's interesting to me in, in that exact thing. And you brought up the equity in your, in your home folks, here's one for you. If you use the equity in your home to purchase a business, not only do you now have a write off for the business itself, you can write off the equity that you borrowed out of your home because you're the interest in it is again, it's the same as the home interest. So you can write that off. Also it's, it's another element. And I want to get your feeling on this one, Patrick, because I know we're all over the place and Hey, welcome to the bar. Um, <laughs> I love it. Great. But, but you, this is something that I, maybe you can explain it better than it was. It was an aha moment for me. And it actually, one of the, it wasn't when you and I were talking, I was talking to another franchise, great franchise, just one that I couldn't get into. And Nathan, we're going to get to Nathan's question. So I'm going to plug this into your ear. Now, Nathan wants to know, cause I'm not a fan of these as a franchise, just cause I, I'm scared of them. 
which is food franchises. But if you had one in mind, where would you go? Um, Nathan's asking that question. But can you explain to people, because I think this happens a lot of times. People are like, well, I make $100,000 a year. I'm not going to go to a franchise and make 50000 But I think people don't understand that where how 50000 as a franchise business owner, if you paid yourself that, the difference between making $100,000 working for somebody else. Can you explain that? Or, or yeah, my- yeah, so that's a good question. So if I make $100,000, I get taxed on it. So whatever your tax rate is, 20 or 25%. So your net is you know, $70,000. If you own a business and you make, let's say the same 100,000 or let's say you make 50, you might write off $50,000 worth of expenses in your business. I mean, there's there's just more allowances for you to write off stuff in a business than there is in your as a W-2. Um, so, cause a lot of things impact your business. So you put yourself in a better tax bracket when you do it, but here's the thing, like I make 50 grand and I decide I want to sell my business. What can I sell it for? I can sell it maybe for two times or three times earnings. But if I do a hundred thousand, 500,000, a million, right? What stops me is really just collecting more customers and collecting more staff, right? If I want to scale my business, I just have to get more customers and more staff and keep growing. So Nathan, one of the issues I have with a restaurant is if I pack that restaurant and I maximize it out, how do I keep adding customers? If there's lines out the door and I'm maxed out, how do I add more? Whereas if I'm Sean and I've got, I think you have two territories now uh, in what you do. So now you can just service more people. And then when you service more people, you get more of their friends. And then if you maxed out that area, you could buy more territories with the income you already have from your business. Whereas in a restaurant, every time I do it, I've got to get another location versus getting another truck or whatever. So I'm, I'm, I'm increasing my CapEx by twofold in a restaurant where in another territory, it's only a small investment of another territory. So big difference when you're talking about uh, wealth building opportunities. Other thing about restaurant, you can't own the real estate. So if I was going to coach Nathan on owning a business, I would say you've got income, that's a stream of wealth, right? So you're going to get paid if you're profitable. You got equity. It's a multiple of your income. You could buy real estate. So Sean, right now, you could you could go out and buy a building and put your business there. You could rent other space to other companies, right? And then you could create income through the real estate of your business. You could depreciate that asset. But as you add more businesses in there, you collect more income and you're going to make more equity from the building. And so there's four streams of wealth that you get from a business, income, equity, real estate, equity, and tax advantages. In a restaurant, you get income because you can't own the real estate and it's really hard to build equity. So if I have a huge CapEx on a burger place and it's a million bucks or a pizza place at 600,000 bucks, I've got to make $200,000 in profit of a pizza place just to sell it for what I invested in it. And that math doesn't work for me. I'm a math guy. So if I could keep my investment really low, hundred, two hundred thousand dollars and I could build equity in that business to sell it for half a million, million, two million. That's how you win in my idea. So it's not that I don't like food, I love food, but there's reasons why restaurants fail more often than not. A labor model is really tough to get people to make turkey sandwiches. There's no there's no like progression in your career. Uh, everybody wants off nights and weekends. So it's tough on the employee side. It's tough with minimum wage. It's tough with a product that goes bad. 
It's tough with trends that change. It's tough paying that real estate bill first before you pay yourself every month. And that's why restaurants fail. So in the 20 years I've been doing this, uh, I've put people in zero restaurants. And the reason why I wear my gingham blue shirt is because here's what I believe. This is not Carolina blue. This is gingham blue. So it's a white it's blue mix. And it means I believe that white collar people should look to blue collar service businesses where they can use all their executive experience in sales and marketing and operations by bringing that to the party and compete with people who want to work in the business and not on it. Because if I want to work on it, not in it, I want to compete with people who want to work in it because they'll never scale the way I can scale. I love it, but it is Carolina blue. I don't care. It's Carolina blue. It looks Carolina blue to me. All right. At least it's not Duke blue. Oh yeah. Oh God. Look, I'm a Terp fan, Terps fan. So that we don't, we don't associate with Duke in any way, shape, or form. We're getting close to closing the bar here soon. And guess what, Cody? I, absolutely. You can claim your dog on your taxes if you own a business uh, and can prove that your dog helps protect your business. It's one thing if, you know, you you have a business that has no actual physical stuff, but like I have product, my dog being able to let me alert me if there was an issue at my home where my product is stored is a real thing and you can use it that way. I, Nate said the same thing. It looks like Tar Heel blue. Um, but, <laughs> but you, that is a real thing. I, you, you can claim your, your pet, you can claim an animal as a guard animal if they are watching out for your assets. So that's why we have a Corgi. He's loud. He's loud. I've always said, I don't need my dog to, to protect my stuff. I just need you to let me know if anyone's around. That's all I need. Yeah. So one of, one of the cool things about other business owners, right? Again, that board of directors is yeah. people will tell you, you could write that off or you could write this off or yes. hey, you know, I, this is what I, this is how I manage my business, right? People are really willing to share that stuff. So. I, I can't get over how many other business owners I've talked to. And I'm like, they're like, you know, you can do this. And I'm like, are you sure? And I have an amazing accountant. He's down in, in um, he, he's down in New Orleans area and I'll send him a message and I'll be like, can I do that? He's like, yeah, yeah. I've already done that for you. And I'm like, really? I didn't know that was a thing. And he's like, yeah, bro, let, let me do my job. Let me do my job. I'm like, all right, that's fine. I'll let you do your job. Now, how about, um, and I want to kind of roll back for a second. Well, I got Patrick, I could ask you a million questions. Um, so rolling back for a second, you said that individual ownership franchises fail often. What, you know, when you say individual, so like I have a service business where I have people, uh, look, I got Nate or Patrick, look who it is. Oh, ladies that. and gentlemen, Mr. Vinny Roman. Look at that guy right Coming there. In high and tight from Amazon land. He just got out of work. Well, I just, I just put blinds in his house or uh, beautiful rollers in his house the other day. You didn't yeah. put it in his house. Whose house did you put it in? I, I, well, I put it in Jay's house. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I put it in Jay's house. It's fair enough. Uh, and, and DJ Flores, absolutely mastermind of like-minded entrepreneurs or where magic happens. I, I absolutely agree with you, DJ. It has been abs it has been amazing to me. I've always wanted to own my own thing. 
I watch my parents own things. I watch my parents own businesses. It's funny you brought up the uh, owning property. I just had a conversation with my wife this morning where I sent her a text because she's like, she's kind of getting the bug because she sees what I'm doing. And I told her, I said, okay, that's fine. Uh, Vinny, give me a second. Um, I, I sent her a message and I said to my wife, I said, sure. If you want to uh, own your own thing and you want to do your own thing, I want you to figure out how to start buying properties. And she was like, well, that's awful random. I said, yeah, I know it's awful random, but I want you to figure out how to start buying properties and let's start there because I thought about something you had said to me, which was, Hey, when are you going to get your own building? Cause a buddy of ours, Dennis, get your own mm-hmm. building, get yourself situated so you can start renting out commercial space. So I told my wife this morning, I was like, okay, now it's your turn to start figuring out how to use the how to use the good debt we have available to us to go buy your own business. So, so this is what I would tell you, Sean, like I, I call it the 15 year plan. First five years, build your business. Right. And you want to start adding employees. Maybe you, you're good at sales. So maybe you add an ops person to do the installations, right? Whatever. Right. But start, start building a team. Right. And then maybe one person's covering sales in one area or covering sales in the other, because, you know, once you know that customer, they're going to give you referrals. So you want to stay connected in the bloodline. And then, you know, your first five years, build a business. Second five years, build it, get a building and start putting your business in there. Now you're paying yourself rent, you're depreciating the building, you're increasing the value of the building. And the last five years, whoever has become your most valuable employee, give them stock, give them ownership and responsibility. Let them earn out. Like, imagine in year 10, if I said to you, okay, here's the deal, man. You've been with me five years, seven years, eight years, whatever. I'm going to give you 2% every year of the company. You don't have to put any cash in but you're going to run it like it's yours. You've always wanted to run it. Now you run it. And I need 20% growth. We're on a 20% growth rate. You keep that 20%, you get 2%. So all you got to do is what we've done already. So God is 20, 20, 20, or gal. By year 15, double the business. They now own enough equity to buy you out, right? So year 15, if you want to, you can sell all of it. You can sell some of it. And now you're getting paid on the equity value of the business. They've helped you make it even bigger. They're getting something without putting cash in. It's sweat equity earned. So you're changing their life, which you know, that's what it's all about for me. And now you've got a much better world, a better ecosystem. Hey. So, so I, he harassed me. He's always harassing the shit out of me. Always wanting, like you, you just can't, you know, you ever had that pair of shoes that you love them? But you know, if you wear them, they're going to hurt your feet. That's Vinny. I love him to death, but he's my favorite pair of shoes that if I wear them, they're going to hurt my feet. Hi, love. <laughs> Here's Patrick. What's up, man? Here's to you. Happy 4th of July. Thank you for your service, my friend. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Same to you. So joining us now, live from parts unknown, at least I know where they're at, is Mr. <laughs> Vinny Roman. Vinny is a entrepreneur has owned multiple business has been a mentor and a friend to me for a long time we've known each other for a lot of years he has great insight he's been on the show uh i think his next venture is something about only in fans i don't know if it has something to do with like cooling himself (laughs) but joining us now for the last part of the show is is vinny and Vinny, if you have any insight on any of this stuff, if you got to hear all the things we've talked about, we've covered a lot of different 
aspects today. And, and normally the show stops in an hour. If we've got to go a little bit over, we'll go a little over. Cause there's just, this is something I'm passionate about. I believe in, I, and I'm going to be honest with you folks. And some of you are going to hate to hear this. Not all of us are meant to be business owners. We're not. Yeah. And that's hard yeah. for some of us to believe. It's it, Vinny and I'll tell you, not all of us are meant to be Marines. It's the same mindset. It, it's yep. different. Yep. So, and, and Patrick hit the nail on the head, right? Like the strategy, you know, I believe, you know, yes, a lot of my successes is due, you know, I say success is based on your hard work, right? But that only takes you so far. Success is based on knowledge. That only takes you so far, right? Success is based on someone else's perspective on what you need them to achieve, right? And, and Patrick's strategy is, is what I do every day, but I do it different, right? So it's the same, but it just sounds different because I, one of the things with my company down in, in the city is that I do is I grow and give opportunity to my drivers that normally wouldn't get that opportunity, right? And I, and I love to say we all bebe as kids, right? We all come from different walks of life, right? We come from the projects, we come from here, we come from there. But those people, just because they don't necessarily have a piece of paper to hang up on their wall, a degree to say that they can read, but they have a lot of hard work. And one of the things that I've noticed in as, as an entrepreneur is people that have something to prove are your best asset. Like they, they want to win, right? And, and, and if you're giving them the opportunity to win, that's huge. And that has been my, that has been my success that. I've developed great teams, not because I'm the best thing in the world, but because I believe in them and I, and I put my effort into them. And, and one of the models in our company is this is not uh, my company. This is our company. So you take some stake in it. And, and, and as of right now, I have my right hand person. We just opened him his own DSP. Like that's, that's right. Like that's, that's, so I took, we took a, a kid from, from Lebanon that's been in the country for four years and we empowered him. We, te- we taught him, we, we mentored him and we educated him. And now he's his own entrepreneur, right? Living that American dream. It just takes a little bit of work from you to believe, let those rings go, bring them back. Just like, just like as a Marine, right? We guide, we teach and we mentor, right? And, and then to go to your statement is not everybody could be an operator. They are coaches. I, I know I know people that could talk the coach game. Man, they'll sell you a building over the phone and they'll coach you through. They'll make you believe that, that you could believe, right? But then when you look at them in the field, they're not good operators. Right. That's okay. Those who can do, those who can't teach. Right. And that's okay, right? So... But as an entrepreneur, you got to figure out who is that, right, within your arsenal, right? Like, who who do you have? And that's what I've learned, right? Like, I am not an office guy. I hate being in the office, and I hate I hate doing work. So my weakness, my God, I got my two guys strength. that hate going. I got two guys that hate to work at, sitting here telling me one works twenty hours. One, I, I've seen you. I've seen you at work. All I hear when I go to his house, look, Patrick, let me tell you what I hear when I go to his house. Jay, 
Jay, where is this at? Jay. That's all you hear. That's all you hear the whole time. And Jay's like, and Jay's in there. She's like, she's in her office. She's working it. She's making it. And I hear, Jay, Jay. It's all you hear the whole time. Hey, yeah. ideally, at the, ideally at the end of the day, you want your business to be big enough where people who want to be part of what you're saying, if you're treating them like family, like Vinny does, they want to stay with you and they want to take initiative. They want to be like, Vinny, I got this. Go, go, go hang out with your wife, man. I'm, we're good. We're good. I got this. Right. And the more you give and you compensate them appropriately, the more time you buy back for yourself. That's what people understand in work. I work hard. I get paid. I work harder. I get paid more. I work harder. I have a heart attack and I get laid off in business. I work really hard. And then I start making money and I start hiring people so I don't have to work so hard. And I start relieving the burden so I can be with my family. It's a reverse operation. And it doesn't make sense as we get older to try to think we can outwork a younger person. That, that formula does not work for corporate America. And it's wrong. So Stop the tyranny. It's my Independence Day speech. Stop the tyranny and free yourself from the shackles of corporate America. Hell yeah. I got a curiosity question for the two of you. And this just came to mind to me. Is there a difference to you? And either one of you can answer this between a good boss and a good leader, or are they the same thing? I got no, they're two completely separate things. So I, I always post this at least once a quarter on my group chat for my business, right. To my team. And I go, I want to understand how your leaders are doing. And I put a, I put a leader, a boss is pulling the chariot and, and pulling and pulling the team. That that's the, that's the, that's the, that's the leader, right? He's pulling everybody, right? He's pulling the whole team. The boss is sitting back literally with the whip, whipping that, right? But can you be a good boss? Huh? Can you be a good boss? Yes. I mean, you, Yes and no. In my opinion, I say I say you can't be a boss. I say you only you could only be a successful leader because a boss has only got one intent, and that's and that's his outcome. And, and his outcome, in my in my in my opinion, a boss is like a horse. He got he got blinders on, and he's going in one in one direction. A leader is looking at his troops, looking at the lay of the land, and finding the best path to help his people accomplish the mission that much easier. That's my job as a leader. Pat, what do you think? Look at, look at all the best universities in our country and they have what they call school of management, which is to me daggers in my heart. You want to have a school of leadership. I don't want to manage you. I don't want to govern you. I want to help you grow. I want you to flourish. I want you to take my company to the next level. I want you to know that you're an entrusted employee partner vested you know family member and the school of management which they all call themselves is about controls and they get it wrong right from college we need to talk about leadership and like Vinny said providing the vision pulling the sleigh doing it with them showing them how it gets done and then letting them fly man every eagle every little baby eagle needs to get pushed out of its nest right you know that like no no, no little baby eagle just flies the mom has to push it out of the nest so you got to get pushed out of your nest to soar. You got to get uncomfortable with, you got to get comfortable with uncomfortable. That's what leadership is. And then bam, trust your employees, let them grow. You know, Sean, you know, know when I. DJ just said it before I could even say it. 
and thank you, DJ, because I'm going to change mindsets. Patrick, what is the phrase that I taught you? Do you remember? Um, bands with a red, red with red with steak and white no, with no, fish. Com, com, bands with the word commander. Oh, oh, oh! Com, commander intent. Commander's intent. Yes. A boss provides great commander's intent to allow their leaders to grow. A great leader has not reached that point where they can be a great boss you can be a bad boss that just stands up there and like go do this go do that go do this go do that Vinny, guess what you are whether you fucking like it or not and i love you brother you are a good boss you provide intent to your people and allow them to lead and do their own thing how many times when your people come to you and with a problem do you give them an answer or do you and patrick we and i've talked about this or do you let them try to figure it out before you answer them? So I see where you're going with it. Hold on. I see where you're going with it, but I'm going to give you one good example. I'm going to give you one good example. And then I'll answer that statement. When we were recruiting and we was on the street, when I came in, the and Patrick, the 8412 community is the career recruiters. Those are the guys <laughs> that went on recruiting duty and stood on recruiting duty. That's me. When I learned the difference between a boss and a leader, in my professional opinion, it was when I went on recruiting duty. I went on recruiting duty, and you saw all the 8412s doing this, picking their legs up, right? Legs are up, right? And they dictated the commander's intent. Where they, where, where they lost me was they never walked the dog and showed me how to truly accomplish the intent you just said it they dictated the commander's intent they were not the commander but, right but hold on but hold on this is where i'm going to close the loop this okay. is where i close the loop and then you guys tell me and then they sent and then i became a a leader right i became a a, a boss and so i, I got a station that made mission one time in 24 months and i had the same four marines and i didn't do anything different other than I showed the Marines that this mission was our mission. I showed them the, the intent. So I'm pulling the crew. With that same group of Marines, nothing changed. We made mission every single month, and we almost won station of the year. And the difference that I did was when they were prospecting and selling, I was running documents and, and closing the and closing the sales for them because they needed that confidence and they needed that a little bit more guidance because they didn't have it. They were like beat dogs. So now fast forward, I don't necessarily think that I'm a boss because I truly believe that I lead from the front. And when my people come with a problem, I stop them and I ask them, what was what is a good solution? So I'm, I'm, I'm eliciting that from them. I'm trying to pull it from them. So that's my opinion. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a big, what do you think? So people would always come in. I had three different divisions when I was in corporate. And one of the leaders, I remember her, it was her first day. And she came in and she presented a problem. And I said, what do you think? And she said, what do you, I came in here to get your answer. I'm like, yeah, but it's your department. What do you think? And she's like, I don't know. I'm like, well, once you know, come back in and let me know what you think. And she went back outside and she walked right over to my other director and said, this guy doesn't answer a question. And he's like, no, no, no. He's not going to do your job. He's going to help you figure it out. Now, 
if it has to get done in the next 10 minutes, he's going to give you an answer. <laughs> but if, if it gives you the chance to think, then you can grow. Right. So she came back with her idea and I was like, all right, let's try that. And sometimes it even, you know, it might not be the exact way to do something, but sometimes people have to learn underneath you too. And see, and maybe I'm just getting it too far in, into nuance. And I think about what, what Vinny just said to me. And I think about this from an entrepreneurial side and what, what I'm where I'm at. And I look at the th the two of you as levels I'm getting, I'm pushing myself to. This is where I need to be. I want to be at that, that 20 hours. You know, when I reach out to Vinny, half the time I reach out to him, I'm like, Hey bro, what are you doing right now? Ah, uh, bro, we're down in Miami right now. I'll, I'll hit you up. We're getting ready to go to this. You know, Jay and I are going to this. And I'm like, this dumb bitch, I've got, I got dog shit in the, in the backyard. I need to go clean. He's out doing all this, but, but here's where I see the difference in boss and leader. And you just said it, Vinny, you had commander's intent in your hand. And for those of you who don't know what commander's intent in the Marine Corps, Vinny and I were taught our, our commanders would say to us, here's your mission letter. Here's what we need you to do. Go take, you know, you've all heard the term, take that hill. And we were told this, but they didn't tell us, take this person and this person and send them there. Take this person and this person, and send them there. Walk first step here, the next step. We were allowed to be leaders and figure out how to get it done. But a great boss or commander knows what needs to happen. And and one my I'm going to tell you both the worst guy I ever worked for, the worst. I would and look if you're still hanging with us, thank you so much. I wouldn't have pissed down this guy's throat if his stomach was on fire. Oh boy, I couldn't stand him. But I took this from him: don't come to me with problems, come to me with solutions. And I took that from him. And a great leader, or or I should say, great boss or commander, however you want to look at it we'll use a similar terminology and tell you that I just heard you say it, Vinny. I just heard you say it, Patrick of, well, how do we fix this? How do you want to do it? What's your idea? Empowering at empowering your leaders, all your people around you, empowering your leaders to come up with solutions and allowing them to take ownership of the solutions to solve the problems which you do as a great commander, a.k.a. boss, that they look up to and say, this person allowed me to grow. Now, Patrick, and, and, and so, right, a question, right? I, I, I'll add this to that, right? Do you think, so I, I, let's, I'll toss it back. I oh. think then in your, in your mind, Everybody starts off as a boss and you choose to become a leader. You, you, you mold yourself, right? You, you got to come to that point, right? So in, in, when, I, when, when I was doing the flooring stuff, my success, right? I was rocking, but it was because I had the same intent. And, the, and you're doing it right now because you out here doing your own jobs, your own installs, your own sales. You're building that process. And... And the reason and the difference between a good boss and a great leader is I know everything about my business and I've done everything within my there business you go. and I still do it. And I go back to that 8412. And again, no offense, Sean, but you know I can't really stand y'all. Right. I, so you're going to people. <laughs> we are lovely people. 
you, you, yeah, okay. And you and you get to that position, right? And you give it up and you go, I'm in charge. You're going to do what I say. But a leader now takes them and educates them, makes them strong, and makes them independent. But so, would you say who does that? I fucking do. God damn it. A leader. A boss. Me, this guy. A boss empowers. A leader yeah. does. A boss empowers. A leader does. But you can't get to boss status, real true boss status, unless you've led. We can all say we we, we want to be a boss. And look, DJ, I'll throw you one extra. Don't bring two solutions. Bring three. Bring me one that you really believe in. Bring me one that you got about a 90% belief in. And bring me one that is so outrageous that it's throwaway. If you come to me with those three because – People don't like that throwaway one. I love the throwaway because what's in that throwaway solution is some normally some wild ass stuff that you go, that could work. And if you have to think about that, the third one always, you take the boundaries out of it. You take the boundaries out of it and you go, well, you know what? Damn it. That might work. Yeah. I think, I think sometimes the first two might be obvious, right? They might be obvious. Mundane has been done before. That third one might be like, it might not work right now. But it might be so off the chart and it gets people thinking, it gets people excited. You're like, hey, you're using your imagination. I'm not sure we can do it tomorrow, but there's pieces of that or there's elements of that we got to try. I love watching Vinny's eyes just roll like like his brain. Like, listen to me, folks. If you're not watching the live, go find the live. Patrick is like the cool, level-headed dude that's like, listen, guys, let me go ahead and help you out. I got you. Let me show you how this is. Vinny is like, as I'm talking, I can see Vinny's wheels working. He is like every mechanical piece working. He's got this infectious smile that like gets at you. And you're like, this son of a bitch, I want to stab him. But damn it, I like him so much. And his (laughs) wheels get to turning. And he's thinking like, Murph's got ideas, but I got other ideas. Let me throw these at him right now. And then, and he forgets, I can hit mute. I got the power of <laughs> Nah, yo, yeah, because for real, like, like real talk, you're right. You're you're right. Because like as you saying all this, right? And 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 it brings me to like a lot of like like a lot of different perspectives, especially in the franchise world, right? Um it, it's like it almost when you when you talk about like the DSP world and what I'm in, right? You give sometimes these owners, right, that never been an owner and they've gotten an opportunity of a lifetime whether you buying it or you got it, right? And then they throw it away because they're the boss, right? They're the boss, right? Like, like it's like in the military, like, yo, I'm a gunny. You're going to talk to me. I'm a staff sergeant. You're going to talk to me. And everything is gunny staff. No, I'm Vinny. You're Sean. Like, this is who we are. And I think that it's really important if you are planning to be an entrepreneur that you need to be able to look in the mirror and really say, who am I? Or what do I want to be? Because if I would come out here and been the dictator, leader of, 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 of everything, of anything, and it's my way or the highway, I'll be sitting on another segment saying how to go broke. And, 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 and the franchise number that, that um, Patrick said about the failures, I'll be in that failure pocket as well. But I got to be like, us as, as humans need to be able to distinguish the difference of what we want to be. And I think that that is also 
a, a, a maturity level, right? That somebody needs to kind of comprehend. And I think that that's where a lot of failures happen and the difference and, and where the distinction of, you know, people that are smart, they automatically title themselves as bosses, right? But, yeah. and, 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 but, they, but you're not even understanding the first comprehension of what being a leader is, right? It's being, I, I'm a servant leader. That's how I, I, I rule myself and my life. I work for others. I say my philosophy is I don't chase money. I help people. And in turn, I create opportunity for people and myself. And, and I've never gave my values or my integrity up for a dollar or for a position. That is, that is the true definition of being a great, a great person. 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 Vinny, you're talking about a great person. And, and look, but it's a Patrick, is it a difference between a great person and a great and a great boss and a great yeah. leader? I think I think servant leaders are amazing human beings and amazing bosses. Like I think you got to bring that to work. You know, for thousands of years, there's more organized religion, and they all say the same thing: be good to someone else, and you will have eternal life. Right? Like every religion has the basis of that, and it gets messed up with everybody who is executing on it. But the principle is always the same. So if you bring that to work and you execute on my customer is actually my employees. I'm going to treat them like they're my customer. Then my team will treat my customer the same way. And I will have more agency, more freedoms because they're going to take ownership of things. So I heard this from a guy I got to share with you. He was a business owner. He came to me, he wanted to buy a franchise. And I said, oh, you've gone to business before. So what do you think about this labor shortage? Because everyone will tell you, you can't find good people, right? <laughs> and I'm like, you find the best in people. That's what you do. Anyone who comes in, you find the best in them. And if they stay because they see the best in you, you got an employee. I don't know what you mean. I'm like, okay, so here's what this guy did. The minute he hired someone, the first day of training, he said, do you have a wife or a child? And the person, let's say they said, yeah, I have a child. Okay, what's the most important event in your child's life this month? Uh, my kid has a soccer game championship on a Friday afternoon at 4 o'clock. Let's circle that on the calendar. Let's make your whole schedule around that day. What else? Anything else that's super important? And people are blown away. First day of work, right? So they go through that and they're like, I'm not really sure why that guy did that, right? But then they see, oh, he's a servant leader. He's trying to bring out the best in me. He's trusting me first. He's giving me a place where it's like a family. And then he goes out after he gets his check after the first two weeks, goes to the corner bar. And the person that's sitting next to him is complaining about his boss. Oh, my boss is an SOB. He's a jerk. I hate that guy. Uh, treats me like a whatever. And the guy doesn't say a thing. Hey, Patrick, why aren't you saying anything? Oh, um, I don't know. I just started a new job. I can't figure this guy out. What do you mean you can't figure the guy out? I don't know. The first thing he said to me was, uh, what day do you need off this month? Wow. Ah. Yeah. And when he gave me my check, he knew I like Coors Light. So he gave me a six pack and said, hey, man, I don't want you to have to stop on your way home. Here's a six pack of beer. I really appreciate what you did this week. You made my family's life easier with your hard work. So these little things, they're not monumental things, right? But if I treat you like I treat my kids, you're going to be the best employee you can be for me. That's just a fact. And people argue with me. They're like, oh, that's fluffy nonsense. I'm like, you haven't done it. I'm 50-50 on it, Patrick. I, I... Yo, hit that button. No, 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 Sean. You got to hit that button. That pause, that whatever that is, hit it. So, so here's why I'm here's why I'm fifty fifty on. 
I love Gary V. I think Gary V is amazing. I think Gary V's uh, mindset of higher, fast, fire, faster is a great mindset. None of us are good at hiring. We just have to figure it out. And it's, I love that. And it's similar to what Patrick say, be a great leader, empower your people. Vinny's saying it, but I also like Harvey Specter. You know, who Harvey Specter is Yeah, yeah, yeah. Harvey Specter is the guy that says, everyone wants to say congratulations when you get pregnant, but no one wants to ask how many times you got fucked. <laughs> that is a fact. So, so I love Harvey Specter also. So servant leader to me is a very weird concept. And listen, folks, we've got Vinny Roman on Roman empires. Vinny jumped on because Vinny knows Patrick. And I wanted to surprise Patrick with this. Patrick, you can find Patrick on LinkedIn at Patrick Michael Donahue. And that's D-O-N-O, not an A like the old talk show host, D-O-N-O-H-U. You can find Patrick. If you're looking, if you're thinking about opening your own business, you want to do your own thing, make sure you're reaching out to Patrick. He will set you up for success. Let him know that you found him, that you're there to belly up to the bar. Let him know that you found him through us. Trust me, even the conversation will be worth it. If you own your own business, listen to me. There's not many people I can tell you for a fact that you could reach out to and just say, hey, man, I got a question. Vinny's that guy. You could reach out to Vinny and say, hey, look, man, we don't know each other. I heard you on the Above the Bar podcast. I got a question. I'm running my business, and this is what I'm running into. I, you know, We joke about being at Vinny's house. I've sat at Vinny's home when somebody who he did not know from a local organization reached out to him. I don't know who the woman was. We were sitting there. It was when we were, we were figuring out what blinds work for you. Mm-hmm. She had questions about what she was doing in the community, in, out in that area. And Vinny sat and had an entire conversation with her and educated her on how the process worked, what some of the things, and connected her with people. I promise you right now, my look, I, I make no bones about things. My lawyer is because of Vinny. My insurance person is because Vinny connected me with somebody who connected me with my insurance person. My business is because Vinny connected me with Patrick after I talked to some other people who did jobs similar to to Vinny. And I just, I never got a warm and fuzzy. We've been friends for a long time. I owe a lot to that guy. If he asked me to bury a body for him, I guess we're burying a body because we were sitting in a barbershop one day and he didn't realize I was sitting next to him. And we turned and looked at each other. I'm like, what the fuck's up? Two gunnery sergeants. And I told him I was working for CSX. And he looked at me and he goes, you're going to hate that job. I was like, nah, I'm going to love this. It's going to be great. He's like, you're going to hate that job. I know you. You're going to hate that job. I know guys that worked over there. When you're, when you're done hating that job, let me know. I'll get you over at Amtrak. Guess what? I worked for Amtrak for seven years. It, there's nothing I can say bad about the guy other than his choice of sports teams. <laughs> that, that's you know we'll, we'll get him raving tickets at some point in time but, but listen to me folks and we we have gone longer than we normally go but this is a conversation that's near and dear to my heart i think too many of us either want to be entrepreneurs and again we're not all built for it but we are all built to lead in some way shape or form we're taught in the marine corps from day one if i've got two days longer than Vinny, and vinnie has got two days longer than patrick I have two days of knowledge to impart to somebody. And that's my job to impart that two days of knowledge. 
that's that's my goal at this point, uh, gents. I, I, we're gonna we're gonna put a bow on this thing. There's so much we could keep going on. Again, reach out to Patrick Donahue on LinkedIn. It's Patrick Michael Donahue, D O N O H U E. Find out what he's got going on. See what he's got going. Hey, Patrick, you know what happens in September, right? Uh, fall. Well, besides fall, there's a particular franchise company that's like going to basically be giving away franchises. Did you hear about that? No. Oh, we'll talk about that. They do something with blinds and curtains and drapery. They're like <laughs> giving away franchises. I'll tell you about it here in a minute. That's you know what happens in August, Saratoga, and I better see you guys this year. Look, if you come up here, are you coming up for Saratoga? Well, I came no, up he last comes year, all Vinny, the time. He, Yeah, well, man. All right. So if you come up for Saratoga, I'll get a six pack from a uh, famous lunch. I, or actually, Gus's. I like Gus's better. I, I'm, a, I'm a Gus. I'll be back in August. I'm leaving tomorrow, uh, and I'll be back in August. Vinny, where are you going? Uh, I'm going to Puerto Rico. I uh, fucking knew it. But I, but this is business, man. I'm building. I'm we building something, and we building something know. for that for another community. Damn it! Yeah. It's I about know. people. I knew it. Look, hey, I, can I just leave you with one thing, Sean? Because I I know this is what you wanted to talk about all night, which is fear and fear yes. and anxiety. And nothing in your life is going to happen great in the absence of fear, right? The first girl you asked out, the house you bought, you know, whatever you did great in your life that changed your life. There's a certain amount of permanency to it. And with that, our body generates anxiety and blood flow changes direction in our body. So when people are fearful about owning a business or they get filled by people telling them, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. What I say is you've got to embrace it because besides the feeling of anxiety that you get, you also get adrenaline. And it's like a catapult that pulls tight and can send you into the next stratosphere if you use it right. So don't run away from fear. Use it to fight for yourself. I love it, brother. So look, folks, go find these two gentlemen. If you if you found them through, if you found us through them, please follow us, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, TikTok, Instagram. Again, even our email is the Above the Bar podcast. There, This may sound cliche. Those of us that have children, we've all heard like, like, share, and follow. That we've all seen that bullshit. But listen to me, if I've learned anything about marketing and all that, it truly does matter. That's how Patrick's message gets out there. That's how Vinny's message gets out there. You find us, go on to whatever social media you're finding us on. Give us a five-star rating. Write a comment about this. Tell how, how you, you enjoyed this show. That's how this message gets out. That's how this message grows. You can reach Vinny again. It's Vinny Roman, Roman Empire. Uh, I, I even have a Roman Empire sweatshirt that I wear around. Uh, some bitch got his name on every Patrick. damn right. Patrick. The empire will not fall. <laughs> Patrick, he tried giving me Roman Empire condoms. I'm like, look, I've been married long enough. I don't want this. <laughs> he said they were steel belted. I was like, I don't need this. Yo, uh, hey, Patrick, hold on. You're gonna love this one though. Two seconds. Hold on. Right. This one is there Here wasn't enough for me. Oh my god. There was, wasn't enough for me. Oh, I know where he's going. I know what he's about to show you. So they, they got me, they got me my oh husband. my goodness. Look at it's that. Like, the funny part is it's life wow. size. You see that? It's life size. It doesn't listen, even hold on, bro. <laughs> it, 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 listen, <laughs> I, I'm six feet tall mentally. 
All right. right. If I feel exactly. six feet tall, therefore I'm six Look, feet tall. Vinny, you and I, I'm five eight, and I'm, you're the only person I know that I can be like, hey, what's up, man? Like, <laughs> wow. Yo, I got a robe of Patrick. No, it was amazing before, to see you, Sean. I appreciate you. Hold on one second before we go. As we do on every episode, the guests always get the final word. Vinny, you get to go first. Patrick, you'll get the final, final word, but do not log off because we got real quick. And Vinny, I don't think you know about this yet, Vinny. Uh, we have a new network called the Second Front Podcast Network that I started that's only for veterans and only veteran podcasters. So if you have prior, if you know somebody that's a prior service, starting a podcast, looking to start a podcast, Ooh. reach out to me. We're start we just started the Second Front Podcast Network. You'll love the ending to this one. So Vinny, you what's your final word for everybody? Work hard and even harder. Patrick, what's your final word? Hey, we are blessed to have two guys in the company of us that served our country, that keep our independence. We are so lucky, man. Just be just have gratitude. Live in a life of gratitude and take care of your neighbor. Alrighty, folks. Be Dude, sure that's why he's Patrick, cool. bro. That's it. This has been a Second Front Podcast presentation found on Apple, Spotify, and wherever podcasts can be found.